Hello, funny people. Thanks for joining me here today on Four Cents a Podcast. We're going to have some fun here because I've got something to moan about. Stay tuned. And now it's time for In Other News, the part of the show where I briefly piss and moan about something in the news from this past week. This week's news item is actually two items. Two news items that appeared on consecutive days caught my attention, and I could not help but notice their exquisitely awful thematic unity. Originally, I was only going to talk about one of them, and then, well, something inside me snapped. Here's the first one. The first item comes from everyone's favorite nasty newspaper, the New York Times. In an article published this past Monday, a reporter discovered an interesting statistical fact. I know that word fact is a trigger word for people without an education, and I'm sure there's a few of them who actually listen to this show, but please bear with me. The Ethnic group presently experiencing the worst effects of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic is, interestingly enough, the Latino community. Evidently, the sheer number of Latin Americans and migrant workers in this country in high-risk essential jobs is so large that the demographic has the current highest number of reported cases of covid And apparently, it isn't that my fellow brown people are working in hospitals and contracting this mess. They're working as retail and Instacart workers. Now, if you think that's bad enough, then listen to this little bit of news, courtesy of a journal called ProPublica. As reported by them this past Tuesday, the Trump administration you know, everybody's favorite nitwit and chief and his cronies, has finally put pedal to the metal on one thing. Sadly, it isn't further COVID-19 relief. No, it's deportation. Many children of migrant families presently in United States custody are now experiencing an accelerated process of deportation. Isn't that interesting? And very few people are paying attention to it. Why? Why aren't more people talking about this? Well, I put it down to the fact that, right now, we're all focused on two things news-wise in this country. We're trying to fight COVID, and we're doing everything in our power to give the graduating class of 2020 a decent graduation year. Now... Before I go any further, I must beg your forgiveness. What you're about to hear may sound incredibly bitter. (laughs) I'll be honest. I've been mulling over these two pieces of information for days. I was trying to find some way to make these two items funny. I mean, the sheer double whammy of these two things scrawling their way across my internet newsfeed on two consecutive days in a row in the same week just struck me as interestingly ironic, if nothing else. The problem is, 
that I failed to do that. I can't think of anything funny to say about them, because they're horrible. Horrible. Capital H-O-R-R-I-B-L-E. Horrible. I understand that the United States populace is uber-paranoid about COVID, and I also understand that the class of 2020, this week of all weeks, deserves their time to shine. COVID is a serious, life-threatening disease that we still don't fully understand. The level of fear surrounding it at this point is the same level that surrounded diseases like syphilis, smallpox, and tuberculosis only a couple of centuries ago. We didn't know, and we didn't even know, what germs or viruses were back then. We just knew that if you contracted these conditions, you were fucked. And the present graduating class, they deserve their moment in the sun for two reasons. A, because they've worked hard to achieve something that not many people have the financial wherewithal or ability to commit to achieve, or for that matter, that this country at this point even values. I mean, the, the sheer hatred and dismissal of college education at this point is exponential. I mean, it's, it's dumbfounding. But that's just one reason. So that's A. B, because I know, as many people who have been college students know, that very shortly, life will kick them in the nuts and show itself for the ugly monster that it truly is. So they deserve to have a decent graduation, despite all this bullshit. I also understand that the American populace doesn't have the world's greatest attention span either. We live in a soundbite culture now. If you can't get your point across in about 30 seconds, people lose interest. But let me ask you a couple of questions, folks. Do you remember all that rage you expressed during the days when ICE was in the news? Do you remember how you felt when you saw all those images of little children locked up in cages at the border? I know some of you do. Some of you don't remember because you don't give a shit, but some of you I know do because you're decent human beings. You've known for a long time that this government had a strong anti-Hispanic edge to it. All that build-a-wall bullshit four years ago was just the tip of a racist iceberg. Now, while everyone's distracted and overly concerned about something else, this government is just moseying along, doing something horrendous. And nobody knows it. It's all happening under all our noses. The fact that there is not Twitter outrage right now over this little tidbit of news pisses me the fuck off. That we're doing all this work to save American lives is wonderful. That we don't have the decency to extend that empathy to people who just so happen to be born on the other side of some imaginary line that some old white dude drew across a map a century ago is appalling. And I'm not just saying that as a Hispanic Latino person. I'm saying that as a human being. Okay, rant over. Back when I was in high school, in the days when social media was just becoming a thing, 
when MySpace was still a thing for those of you in need of some historical context, one hobby everyone shared was the not-so-subtle and quite savage performance art of what we now call throwing shade. These days, people still do it, but rather than doing it in our fashion, face-to-face, they do it on the internet. Whether it's by sending off an angry email, the 21st century's poison pen letter, leaving a one or half-star review, or posting a particularly vile remark on someone's crappy YouTube video, blog post, or podcast, people are still getting their shade on. But they don't do it to each other's faces. Instead, these sissy shade throwers cower behind usernames, these digital masks of anonymity, like trolls hiding under a bridge, which might well be why we also call this pastime trolling. Now, when people want to make rude remarks, they just hit reply, drop their little shade grenade, and wait for someone to post a meme or gif below them that says, shots fired. (laughs) While I'm all for calling people out on their bullshit, especially if they seem particularly self-righteous and in need of some severe ego reduction that only the shame of public humiliation can provide. I feel that the internet has seriously taken much of the fun out of the practice. My chunk of the millennial generation, the early 90s babies, may indeed be the last group of people to have enjoyed the thrill of this practice in all its publicly offensive glory. I'm oblivious to what school kids do now during their lunch hours, as I haven't set foot on a campus of any kind in over nine years. I have no reason and no desire to do so. Plus, schools give me awful flashbacks to my adolescence. People my age, though, used to hone our shade-throwing skills during our lunch hours. We couldn't look at our phones, we weren't even supposed to have them in school, and none of us had the inclination to do anything academically constructive. We needed to vent after all those hours in our day prison. That we were all flooded with hormones also didn't help this. So, like any group of rage-filled, stir-crazy looney tunes, we turned on each other. We couldn't physically fight without risking suspension, so we fought with words. And it could happen at any time. You could be having a conversation with someone, and then suddenly someone else in the group tries to cut you off by whipping out a smart-ass put-down and making you look like a fool. When that happened, you had two choices. You could either A, take it on the chin, and wander off later to one of the bathrooms to cry, or B, you could dish it back and make them understand that you were talking and didn't appreciate their interruption. More often than not, with only a few highly sensitive exceptions, people chose the latter course. From there, one of two things then transpired. Either A, the person who issued the challenge, back the hell off, or B, some verbal Burr-Hamilton shit was about to go down. Now, I'll admit, in my first two years of high school, I left a lot of those confrontations the worse for wear emotionally. 
The reason why is that I didn't understand why they were happening. Why were they calling me out? I didn't do anything wrong to anyone. Right around junior year, though, I finally figured out the rules behind these verbal duels. Rule one, no one's immune. Like I said earlier, anyone could throw shade your way at any time, so you had to always be on your guard. Rule two, the loudest laugh wins. These shade throwing contests always took place with a ready-made audience around them. The winner was always the one who got the loudest response from the crowd. Now, with those things in mind, the trick to winning, after being on the receiving end of these tricks for enough times, are also pretty straightforward. Trick one, respond fast. Just like cowboys in the Old West, the faster you can draw your gun, the more likely it is that you'll live through the duel. The faster you can whip out a response, the more likely it is you'll knock your opponent off balance mentally. If possible, also try to keep them from speaking. Machine gun them with responses, and it will overwhelm them. Trick two, take the cheap shots. Some fights are honorable, Shade-slinging contests aren't. Fight dirty, hit below the belt, go there. If you know the person a little, or from a preliminary once-over you can spot something they might be sensitive about, point it out in the meanest possible way. That'll get them to shut the hell up really quick. Trick three, don't start fights, but always finish them. This one is common sense, but one should never go looking for a fight. The only people who do that are toxically masculine, sexually frustrated alpha male douchebags, also known as bullies. Remember, these sorts of confrontations always happen in front of other people. That's where half the fun comes in. So if you're the aggressor, the crowd is not going to be on your side they're going to see you as a douche. If someone else, however, casts the first stone in your direction, that makes you the underdog. All you have to do is to be able to bring the goods and finish them. Maybe I'm just old fashioned. The memories of those days do make me smile, as does the memory of those shade throwing contests. The sportsmanship of it was so wonderfully fun. By the end of high school, I'd even managed to acquire a decent reputation as a contender. It could be that I'm nostalgic because it was the only sporty thing I ever excelled at even a little bit. Or maybe it's just that I missed the look on the poor schmuck's faces whenever they tried to challenge me and I just verbally castrated them. So troll away, gizmo geeks. Throw shade, shitpost, and troll to your heart's content. But to sound like the old fogey I'm growing into slowly day by day, it ain't as great as we had it. Hey, Bob. What? 
Isn't that Ian who's supposed to be recording Four Cents a Podcast right now, climbing up the wall? Huh. Well, yeah, it is. Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, go get him, dumbass. How? Get a ladder. But he's halfway up the wall. Just get a ladder. And tell them to keep listening. We'll run an ad until we can get them down. Oh. Okay. Sorry, folks. We'll be right back after this. This episode of Four Cents a Podcast is brought to you in part today by NASA, the National American Smartass Association. Are you a smartass looking to network but can't stand how stupid most people are? Can you not refrain from making rude comments to pick up someone at a bar? Is your BS detector so sensitive that you can't keep your brutal observations in check to land a single major business deal? Well, at NASA, you won't have to. Here, you'll be able to connect and mingle with other barbed-tongue individuals to your heart's delight. And no one will ever call you an asshole because it'd be the pot calling the kettle black. Just log on to www.nasa.com or download our free app today to get started. If there are any people listening to this who regularly take it upon themselves to be offended on behalf of other people, I just want you to know, you can go fuck yourselves. You are terrible people. In fact, I would say you are the fourth most despicable group of people on the face of the earth right now. The only three groups of people you have any superiority over are the alt-right, terrorists, and the Klan. That's it. You are only better than the alt-right terrorists and the Klan. Just barely. But that's your current ranking. Why? Because you are the most condescending, self-righteous group of jagoffs alive today. You honestly believe that taking offense on behalf of other people makes you a better person. Well, newsflash, it doesn't. It doesn't make you a good person. It just makes you a patronizing douche nozzle. Taking offense on behalf of someone else implies that that person, or that group of people for that matter, is either too ignorant or too vulnerable to know they should be offended. These people have been aware of the world they live in all their lives. They can stand up for themselves just fine. They don't need you to do it. Stop it. Stop it. You're annoying. Nobody likes you. If you have friends, another newsflash, they don't like you. They don't, they hate to hang out with you because they know you're a bad hang. You embarrass them when you go out because your fence antenna is up and they know you're going to make a scene the first chance you get. They only keep you around likely because you pick up the check. That's all. Stop it. Stop it. And here's the thing. On the fundamental level, I actually agree 
with what you believe. I agree with what you're saying. At the base of your message, we are on the same page. Like you, I believe that we should treat everyone with respect. It's the decent thing to do. The world is full of diverse ideas, viewpoints, philosophies, and beliefs. And the people of the world are just as diverse as those viewpoints. Externally, we may not look the same, but internally, on an anatomic and biological level, we're all the same. Even though we are the same, we also have different ways of looking at the world and living in the world, and we must respect that. We must also respect that in this world, some people have more advantages and more privilege, privilege than others do, and those who have privilege should be aware of this and work alongside those who don't have as much to make the world a fairer, better place. On that, we agree. But your attitudes... You know that thing your mother would say when you got snippy with her, and then she'd get pissed at you, yell at you, and then cry because you got snippy with her? Well, maybe that was just my mother. Anyway, my mother used to say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Whenever you talk, you just have this arrogant tone that makes you seem as if you think you're the shit. Just because you got with the PC program and proselytized for it like a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness. There's a reason no one likes Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses when they ring their doorbells. People don't like being on the receiving end of a sermon. And one more thing. People don't like it when you call them out either. I'm not talking about the rude, angry bigots whose attitudes and hate need checking and if possible, correcting. I'm talking about people like me, the moderate sympathizers. We hate it when you correct our phraseology on every little motherfucking thing we say. Stop it. Stop it. It's counterintuitive. You don't focus on what someone is saying, you focus on how someone is saying it. And that's dangerous. If you overfocus on buzzwords and terms that aren't the most correct as you and your wannabe woke asses have in your vocabulary, then who knows what kind of hatred you could be potentially allowing to pass under your radar unremarked. By calling people out like this, all you're doing is alienating others who sympathize with your point of view and empowering others who could use your own tactics against you and spread their point of view. Actually, you know what? Just go watch Pat Oswalt's wonderful bit on this subject. It's on his special Talking for Clapping. You can stream it on Netflix right now. He won an Emmy for it. That's how good it is. And he'll be able to say it in a far better and far funnier way than I possibly could. What I'm trying to say, obviously not succinctly, is that you guys suck. You're the reason this world is less fun right now. You're also part of the reason Donald Trump is in office. And if you're still listening to this, and you're offended, good. That was the intention.
Hey, funny people. That's it from me here on Four Cents a Podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed the show, and that you'll join me here again next time. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and do try to remember to enjoy yourselves. <laughs>